One thing that I really enjoy about mentorship is uh, the fact that I can keep it casual. If all of you can also join in the center, it becomes easier for me to not uh, have to switch to the other side. Uh, I can keep this casual, I can keep this uh, open for you guys to learn, so you can ask questions, you can ask uh, follow-up questions as well. Um, not just ask questions, but also to ask follow-up questions. Uh, follow-up questions are so much more important, I, I believe, because that also shows how well we have understood a particular scripture or a particular answer. And based on that, we are able to um, apply um, that into our thought process and then further uh, come to a conclusion based on that. So, I would encourage you all to just uh, ask questions tonight. Of course, we don't have all the time in the world. Uh, we have a couple of hours that we would spend tonight together. As we enter in, I, I want us to ask the Lord to uh, keep our hearts very receptive because it's not a very intellectual exercise to receive information. Any information that you know that you're not willing to submit to, that you're not willing to change your entire life around for, that information is uh, not really beneficial. See, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, didn't they know that Jesus is being born in Bethlehem? They knew it. And in fact, they also got to know that there are some people coming in search of the fact that this king is born now, now, now. And yet, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't join along with them. The Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't join along in their pursuit of wanting to know who is the Savior, why is he born here, is this right, is this correct. So they had the information, but they were not yet willing or ready or receptive enough to submit to that information that they were uh, aware of. So I pray that tonight we will not just be satisfied with receiving information, but that we would be in this place where we are ready to submit to the information that we receive, where we are ready to surrender, asking the Lord to give us grace to, uh, to obey, you know, not just listen, but also to obey. Not just hear, but also to understand the heart of God, understand the mind of God, understand the, the, uh, the, the grace that is being released through every word that is coming. When a word comes, it also carries the grace to obey. It, does it, it is not just about um, an instruction that is coming to us, it's also coming to us with uh, the 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 grace to be able to obey, grace to be able to do it. So I, I hope that tonight we can engage and we can receive from the Lord together. Amen? Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Over to the first question. Pastor Penas, if you can help me. Um, we have collected some of the questions, so if we can have um, some questions being asked from what we have already collected, and at the same time, if we can have questions uh, from people here, if we follow up questions and 
and questions that we can um, we can definitely uh, go back and forth with. That'll be perfect. Okay. Over to you, Pastor. Good evening, Apostle. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to just learn mm -hmm. from you this evening. So, uh, Apostle, just before we could go into the questions, is it okay if we could have a follow-up question from the Sunday, uh, what was taught last Sunday? Yeah. Okay. That, so there are two questions from what was taught last Sunday here. Uh, one says, it says, uh, Please give me a deeper teaching of Revelation 4. And okay. there's another question that goes on to say, from what you taught us on Sunday about the sevenfold spirit of God from Revelation 4, mm -hmm. could you please take us a little deeper and mm -hmm. throw light on each of these seven spirits mm. or attributes and how we can host or access each of these in our lives mm. real time? Beautiful. That shows that our people are listening to uh, the word and they want to engage more. Um, can I honestly tell you this? This Sunday was not a teaching. Um, I know that, you know, I enjoy teaching. I know that I am very passionate about teaching. But what we received this Sunday was not a teaching. It was an invitation into, a, into another realm altogether, right? So I, d I don't think that we can receive a lot of understanding from a realm or of a realm that we have not entered in. Like if I stand up here and if I begin to describe to you about how it is so amazing to be in the space, uh, you know, in outside this world, okay? If I'm telling you I have been there or I've heard some um, documentary of how this guy was in space and he saw this particular star and it connected to this and this light shone, all of it, we'll be like uh, in receiving information, but we don't have um, understanding of it unless we also experience the same thing. We also enter into the same thing. So, if, we, if, you, if you're asking me for a teaching on Revelation chapter 4, I think that we will miserably fail. What we need more than a teaching on Revelation 4 is an encounter with Revelation 4. What we need is an experience with Revelation 4. What we need is uh, that, that place where we engage with the reality of Revelation 4, knowing the fact that the, the Revelation chapter 4 was as applicable to Apostle John as, as much as it is applicable for us here and now today. It is as much accessible for us today as much as it was accessible for Apostle John 2,000 years back. That is what I came to tell you. Saying, guys... A door is opened, come and taste of this. Come and experience this. Come and encounter this. Because anytime you try to logically understand an encounter, you miss the whole point of that encounter. Yes, uh, the purpose of teaching is not to, um, not to uh, bring you into you know, that encounter. 
the purpose of teaching is to now give you understanding of things that you all, you're already walking in. For example, you don't go and teach unbelievers how to walk in the spirit. What do you teach them? You, you don't teach them. You preach to them. You preach the gospel to them. You don't teach them the, the sevenfold spirit of God. Because they have not yet experienced what is the Holy Spirit. How can you explain to them the sevenfold Holy Spirit? They still don't know what is the Trinity. You can't go and teach them the sevenfold. But to believers who are already filled in the Spirit, I can tell them, guys, there is a sevenfold Spirit of God. You know, I know that it's not new information to us today because we have read the Word. We have studied, we are experiencing it. We already have encountered the person of the Holy Spirit. And now it's easy for us to dig more and, and receive more understanding on this. But for somebody who has no understanding about the Spirit of God itself, or who have not even tasted the presence of the Holy Spirit, if you tell them there is a sevenfold Spirit of God, it won't make any sense. So that's why I'm saying that the, the book of Revelation, especially chapter 4, it is not for us to receive teaching from. It is for us to receive a perspective, a, a, an encounter. And once we experience that encounter, then there are so many things that we can discuss. Then there are so many things that we can talk about. There are so many realms that we can enjoy based on that encounter. So I don't think that this last Sunday was a teaching. I was not trying to teach you. I was trying to give you a glimpse of where the Lord wants to touch us, speak to us, minister to us. I was trying to show you what I saw. You know, when I experienced that encounter from the Lord, there are, there are certain things that just opened up to me in my spirit. And I wanted all of you to experience that encounter. And I don't think that I have a, a revelation, so to speak, other than what I have already given you from uh, previous Sunday. For those of you who have missed, you can definitely go back and listen to the audio on our Spotify or our Apple podcast channel, and you can definitely go through the word. Um, but speaking specifically about the sevenfold spirit of God, when you're asking me, um, Give me an understanding about the sevenfold spirit of God. What is this really all about? Am I saying that we have seven holy spirits? No. Is, do we have seven spirits? No. It is not seven different spirits. It is not seven different personalities. It is the one same, the same and it, it, it's just one spirit, but he, he has seven different manifestations and the thing is we can have access to each and every manifestation we can have access to the manifestation of jesus the spirit of jesus working in us the spirit of counsel working in us the spirit of wisdom working in us so we can be baptized by the spirit of jesus and all of a sudden let's say that today you receive a baptism of the spirit of understanding. And tomorrow you receive the baptism of the spirit of might. It's the same Holy Spirit, but the same Holy Spirit can baptize you 
multiple times for multiple manifestations of that same spirit so it's not limited to a one time experience that's why i would encourage us to never stop pursuing a relationship with the holy spirit because see it's it's one thing to be saved and to be added into the church and to experience that initial touch where you know the pentecostals believe that as soon as you've started speaking in tongues you are set for heaven right you got saved you got water baptized and then you start speaking in tongues then the the goal is done now only the second coming of jesus is is remaining and yet there are so many more things that the holy spirit can do in and through us which we are ignorant of which we are unaware of and which we are not hungry for and that makes us live very ignorant um it, it makes us live very compromised it, it it doesn't allow us to grow there is no scope for growth and we are not able to access everything that the holy spirit has for us and that's why i'm asking you to constantly be on this journey to study the person of the holy spirit to study who he is to study what he did what he does what he will do so that every time you study it you can constantly grow in hunger for it and uh, the sevenfold spirit of god being in front of the throne of god because a lot of people don't understand how is it that you know the um trinity works if you read the book of revelation you would hardly see the father there's only one place where the father is shown that is when we talk about the great white throne judgment but other than that there is hardly any description about the father even what we read in revelation chapter 4 is jesus he is the one who was who is and who is to come it's not the father who is to come it is jesus you remember the description about the one sitting on the throne he is to come right he he was he is the one for john he was because he had already come uh, he is which means he is still alive and he is still to come so john is writing from his perspective and he is actually writing about jesus he is writing about um the the lion of judah and he says that the holy spirit or the sevenfold spirit of god was before the throne in the form of torches you know seven different torches they were set on fire that is giving out light and perspective i think uh, the 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 more we understand that the holy spirit is a person and yet he doesn't draw attention to himself as a person because he his job is primarily to lead us all to jesus it is the torches that helps us see the one on the throne it is because of the torches do you know there are scriptures that talk about how god he dwells in and in 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 darkness as much as it says he dwells in unapproachable light it also says he covers himself with darkness and yet there is these revelations that we have about jesus because of what the holy spirit does because without the holy spirit nobody can 
experience that encounter nobody can experience that understanding nobody can see that person on the throne nobody can see beyond the veil it is the holy spirit who opens up the veil for us so the job of the seven sevenfold spirit of god which is like torches kept in front of the throne room throne of god is to enlighten the lighten up the pathway to make sure that we are able to experience a, a clear straight road when in in our pursuit in our journey to encounter god and the more we honor the holy spirit you know the more easier and struggle free will be your pursuit of god's face of the throne of god the more we um want to do it on ourselves without the help of the holy spirit the harder it will be for you to reach the holy of holies because the holy spirit is our helper the holy spirit is our advocate the holy spirit is our way maker into the throne into the throne room he is the one who leads us to jesus so the more we understand uh the sevenfold spirit of god the easier it will be for us to access all types of encounters every encounter it, you know it is hidden in our ability to honor acknowledge and submit to the leading of the holy spirit does it make sense any follow up questions okay thank you apostle uh, as we move to the next question uh, it this is about our daily work so it says a little louder can i have uh, her her mic a little louder on the stage yeah so the question goes like how to read the word and understand it verse by verse and relate it to our life okay how to read, read the, the word, word and understand it verse by verse mm-hmm. and relate it to our daily life how to read the word and understand it verse by verse and relate it to our life okay i think there is a lot of uh, different angles to look at it um let me ask you this how many of you finished reading the bible cover to cover this year one hand two hands it's okay about to get over almost about to get over three hands four hands that's amazing that's good i think that all of us should desire to be able to finish reading not studying not understanding not memorizing not everybody can do all of that but uh, but all of us should desire to read uh, through the scripture at least once a year you know if not more than once at least once a year you should be able to finish reading scripture from genesis to revelation and i'll tell you there is a lot of a lot of benefits to it and not all of it is about growth to your spiritual life like when you read genesis to revelation every verse is not going to be there in your memory and every verse is not necessarily going to edify you and every verse you're not going to be able to understand every verse is not going to be like a revelation to you that you'll be like wow now i need to uh build an altar on this you know every verse is not going to be like that but there is a purpose in you reading scripture cover to cover and it is that when you read scripture end to end 
you get such a wholesome perspective of scripture. You get a wholesome meal, right? Even though you crave for sugar or you know you like when we when we're out the whole day and you you're low on energy, what do you crave for the most carbs, right? Some calories, you know, just give me some sugar, some chocolate. If you make a habit of only eating chocolate over a period of time, that is going to mess you up. It's going to mess up your system. And I think that Christians, we are so used to the need for encouragement. I just need some encouragement today. And, and the most encouraging part of the book is the book of Psalms. So please, I've, let me just, I know which verse in Psalm 23 is going to encourage me today. And we go straight to that verse. And we just keep, we just hogging on calories every day. And there is no vegetables in the diet. You know that there are so many parts of your diet that are not necessarily the most uh, tasty things. And, and they're not the ones that will digest immediately. Carbs, you'll digest immediately and you'll get a immediate booster in your energy levels. But there are other foods like proteins which takes a longer time and it has to be exercised, it has to be worked out for it to become part and parcel of your body muscle. And those of you who know anything about physiology, you know that proteins is a much better source of calories than carbs is because proteins, it doesn't give you the sudden energy booster, but it is still the better source for energy than you taking carbs. So I think that when we are just satisfied with carbs, or sorry, when we are just satisfied with one, one encouraging verse or one encouraging chapter, one thing that is going to really make me be on fire today, and, 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 and we ignore the rest of scripture, we ignore everything else and everybody else, we are becoming out of shape Christians. You know? Uh, spiritually, we're being out of shape. And that is why it is so important for us to make a spiritual discipline to study uh, the word. But before we study, let me go to the study later, but to read the word end to end. You know, you don't have to remember everything, you don't have to understand everything, but you have to read the word end to end. Let me uh, take you to the scripture. This is First Peter. Uh, if you find this scripture before me, read it out for me. Drink the word. Drink. Desire to drink the milk, which is the unadulterated word of God. What is the scripture? First Peter. 2-2, two, 2-3, two, two, okay, verse 2, chapter 2 and verse 2. Let me read this for you. This is what it says. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Let me read the King James Version of this. Okay, it says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. What does it say? Desire the 
sincere milk or the unadulterated milk of the word like newborn babes so if you don't desire for the word if you're not hungry to read the bible i genuinely doubt your salvation i genuinely doubt if you're a baby that is alive if you believe that uh, you know jesus is my lord and savior if you believe that you're now following christ but you you don't have a desire for food like can you imagine a baby that is born into a home but the baby doesn't uh, crave for milk what would you say there is something not right there's something abnormal i understand that if, if the if the baby is desiring for milk but is unable to grasp it or it throws it up that's understandable but if a baby is not crying for milk as soon as it's born and it's not hungry for milk every two hours then that's a big red flag that's a big giveaway saying there is something massive wrong that is happening in the baby system and the bible says like newborn babes you need to desire you need to hunger you need to thirst for the sincere milk of the word so while you're desiring for this you're going to be able to consume a lot of milk and not every part of what you're drinking and eating is going to be digested because a lot of it you're not eating or drinking for the purpose of digestion it is for the purpose of hydration you know it is for the purpose of keeping your body nourished and cherished and the baby as especially as a baby what most of the milk that the baby drinks you know you know it, it is not going to be able to retain 100% nutrients out of it it's normal it's understandable because the baby's digestive system is not ready enough to you know take in all the nutrients and use everything and yet the mother doesn't say oh my god you you're pooping too much i'm not going to feed you so much milk now you know you you you're pooping like 10 times a day so let me decrease how much milk you no no the mother continues to feed the baby the mother continues to give the baby milk even after the baby is not really going to be using everything that he is getting and that's exactly what reading the bible is all about it's not about being able to digest and understand everything it is about you saying i love jesus and the word of god that i'm reading is jesus this is jesus speaking to me and this is my desire for his voice this is my desire for his heart this is my desire for his personality because when i eat the word i eat jesus when i drink the word i drink jesus when i experience the word when i encounter the word i experience and i encounter jesus knowing that understanding that makes it very easy for us to crave to read the word desire to read the word you're not going to limit your expression of love for the lord only to the 45 minutes of lifting hands and worshiping which means that even at home when you're t- when when you're taking up your bible to read day in and day out that is an expression of your love for jesus that is an expression of your hunger your craving for jesus and the thing is this it is not your job to relate 
to make the bible relate to your life you know it is not your job to use god's word in your life that is the job of the holy spirit it is the job of the holy spirit to help you apply it the problem with us is like you know we are reading the bible like we go through the menu in a hotel restaurant you know we are craving for some meat and then we go and we like no 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 not this not this not this not this this i i prefer this i i i take this and and then we are like okay i you know you're waiting and if if the food is anything except or any any way except how you had thought it is going to be then you're disappointed then you're like ah i was expecting more this pastor deserves only two star out of five you know i can't give him five star rating you know and then we we are treating these men of god or women of god or even our our bible reading time like we would treat a menu in a hotel restaurant but do you know that there are this very very special uh, restaurants like very high funder restaurants and where you don't get to choose the menu the menu is chosen for you you know the the the, the chef he is like a masterclass guy and and he would determine he would decide what is going to be your appetizer he he would determine your entire course all you do is just pay the fee and you just show up and you just come and sit and you're like anticipating what is going to be next and you're like going to just sit and enjoy what is being served to you and sometimes you may not even understand why why is he making it like this when this could have been better you know this is this is not actually a explanation or it is not an expression of hey the fact that you know you are being entertained in this restaurant this is an expression of the skill of the chef you know that restaurant it's all about the chef not about the person coming to eat there whereas the restaurants that we go to it's all about the the the, the eater or the person who is hungry and i think that is the shift we need in our relationship with the word of god we don't read the word looking for things that we want from the word we read the word saying god you're the master chef you're the excellent cook you feed us whatever you think i need for today even if i don't understand this even if i don't like this even if i don't grasp this fully now i know that someday i will i know that some point of my life i will be able to get it i i still remember as a kid right i i should be in my fifth or sixth standard all the way till my 10th standard i used to do this i would buy a bible and i would uh, read and as i would read the bible i would underline every verse not the verses that spoke to me every verse so my bible was a horrible sight to look at you know every verse i would just underline it and i i know so many of my bibles right especially the initial part genesis to deuteronomy everybody used to say you should skip that part you know don't dwell too much on this part it's not going to be very useful and there were many people who would say you know what in the new testament skip revelation you're not going to understand anything my pastor used to tell me this okay not just ordinary people 
my pastor used to tell me don't read the book of revelation you are getting nothing out of that book and you know the rebel that i was uh, you know because he said don't read the book of revelation i just started reading the book of revelation again and again and again and as a kid i didn't understand anything then i would just um underline verses that then then i would go buy a bible in a different translation you know this is the pre digital age for those of you who don't know that age i was once upon a time a non digital person you know like where we would have to buy a new bible every time we use up the uh, the bible space and it's so marked up that you know you you, you can't uh, read the other side of the bible you know the, the other side of the page so so i'd go buy a bible in a different translation and then you know or go go all over again over these books of the bible and and study and then you know you would go ask other people give me some teaching cds back then it was cds compact disc it used to be called you know and i remember listening to sermons after sermons of other men of god who would teach on these difficult books of the bible you know we we have amazing teachers who teach on matthew mark luke john praise god for that but i i wanted to understand these books of the bible that that i was like studying and reading and reading again and again and again in fact even when i was reading it again and again and again i hardly understood any of it then compared to what i'm understanding today but i know there are a lot of what i'm understanding today can be traced back to the to the foundation that i received back then as a student of the word to the stuff that i read up on back in the day when i was you know constantly reading it constantly engaged in understanding it it can all be traced back to that it can be traced back to my teenage years when i was a student of the word so don't you ever think that your reading the word when you're not understanding is going in waste no it's not going in waste so if you could continue to read even when it doesn't apply to your life even when it doesn't make sense to you because some of the things that god is going to give you is not actually for you it is for someone else it is for your children's children's children you know it may be for a city or a nation that is not even in canaan when god spoke to joseph and gave him a revelation about being uh the king or or being in authority or being in a place of power where his family members would come and submit to him he he was not talking about canaan he was talking about a distant land he was not yet in that distant land and yet he was being prepared for that distant land he was being prepared for that next season so i i really hope that we can uh we can read the word with that desire with that hunger with that understanding that even if i don't get everything i am still willing to learn i'm still willing to improvise i'm still willing to give my ear 100% yeah uh when it comes to there is one phrase that interested me and it is this phrase that says how do i understand it verse by verse um you need to read it verse by verse you know that's when you will understand it verse by verse you just pick up one random verse here and there then you don't understand the context and you would not be able to make 
it'll, it'll not make a lot of sense to you. But when you read it verse by verse, then it will make a lot of sense to you. So please go through the Bible through and through from Genesis to Revelation. Please make sure next year in December when I ask this question, will I have some more hands going up? Yes. You know, Ashtosh, you need to take a picture of all the hands that went up this time. And next year, we're going to ask the same question. Remind me. Somebody has to put a reminder for this. To next year, to ask the same question saying, how many people have read the Bible? And, you know, take a picture of all the people that are here. So we can, we can call them out, text them, remind them next year and ask, did you obey this instruction? You know, it, 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 this is not for everybody. At least, at least the ones that are here with us today should have, you know, read the word at least once by the end of next year. Okay? That's a good New Year resolution to pursue. Thank you, Apostle. Any follow-up questions on the Word of God, on the reading of the Word of God? Anything that you find difficult when you read the Word of God? Okay. Over to you. Another question that says, how to deal with past hurts hmm. and discomforts when they are re recurring in nature. Sometimes we tend to anticipate or fear of such re reoccurrence. How to deal with past hurts and discomforts when they are? Reoccurring in nature. When they're re reoccurring, okay. Sometimes we tend to anticipate or fear of such reoccurrence. Yeah. I think now we are switching gears into something different, eh? Um, we are going from a more learning perspective to try to understand how do we answer certain things that is happening again and again and again, you know, especially when it is a particular circumstance in our life which is being, uh, which has been very hurtful or which has been very painful, which is now reoccurring in another format through another person, through another situation, or in another marriage. Uh, but the exact same thing that happened there is happening here. So how is it that something is happening again and again and again as a pattern? And how do we deal with this? And how do we break such a pattern? That's a very important question to ask. Whenever you see that something is happening in cycles, you should know that this is not just um, something that you can fight in the flesh and blood. It is spiritual in nature. It is beyond what you can fight with just fasting and prayer. You know, this is, this is spiritual in nature, which means you, you need spiritual wisdom and understanding to be able to overcome this. Which means you, you, you can't just keep keep standing up and using the same key that you used last time and thinking that, okay, the last time I fell sick in this exact same thing, in this exact same way, I did this and this worked for me or this, this is how long it took um, and now I'm going to do the exact same thing. Every time we keep doing that, we are responding in a very religious manner. Where we are saying, okay, this is, this worked for me once, so I'm just going to keep doing this over and over again. What happens is eventually, 
your body, your, your spiritual man becomes uh, resilient to that one thing that you're doing. For example, let me explain this to you in natural terms. Every time you have a headache, if you pop a combiflam, do you know that after a while your body will begin to stop responding to combiflam? Then one combiflam will not help, you need two. Then after a while, if you keep doing this for a long period of time, every time you have a headache, you keep eating combiflam, then after a while, this medicine will stop having an effect in your body altogether. Then you will need to completely change and, and you will need to keep upgrading, you know, increasing your dose to an extent that now it becomes harmful for your physical body to, to deal with this headache, to, to, to take part of this particular medicine. Now that is why if you just resort to just one thing saying, okay, I'll just pray or I'll just quote the scripture or I'll just use the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you keep doing the same thing over and over again every time you're getting attacked. And you know that the exact same attack is coming again and again and again. Your response is the same. And your, 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 your attitude is still the same. You have eventually become very used to this attack and now you're not responding to this attack from a revelation. Now you're responding to it from your routine. That every time we did this, we responded like this. Do you know, uh, when, when uh, Samson, do you, do you know the story of Samson? When he, he, when he lost his hair and um, he woke up, it says it's like other times. Because he had been used to doing certain things and it will bring in result. The common sense would have been to ask, why is it happening so many times in my life? Because he was so used to doing the same thing again and again and again, saying, okay, I will get up and like other, I will just flex my muscle, I will just do this and power will flow and strength will come and I will overcome my enemy. Instead of asking, wait a minute, why is this happening again and again and again? Like once it can be, twice it can be coincidence, okay? First time it happened, that, you know, when I was in Delilah's house, these guys pounced on me. Okay, I understand. It's a new territory. Second time it happened again. That's a coincidence. But third time it happens, that's not a coincidence. He's still gone back into the same house and he's still gone back to sleep in the same house where his life was a threat in the last three times. Why? Because he has now put his trust in his routine instead of a revelation of how to overcome, how to fight his battles. And that was his fall. And th that's the thing about the enemy. He's not going to come at you full force the first time. He'll come at you one, two, three, four, because... You know, the first few victories, it looks like you have won. The first few victories, it looks like, yes, you made it, you did well, you, you, you know, you look like the hero. But the enemy knows that at one point, I will crack his weakness. And after that, if he still tries to rely, rely on his 
his routine, his religion, his, his uh, so-called tradition and experience, he's going to miserably fail. And that is why the enemy will keep on coming back at you. Don't you think the enemy, like Satan, for example, when he came to Jesus, that he was embarrassed like crazy. All of hell would have laughed at Satan at the first question, first temptation that he brought to Jesus. But he didn't give up. You know, even with Jesus, he kept tempting Jesus over and over and over again. Not just during the wilderness, during his time in the wilderness, even on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, the question was, if you are really the son of God, come down. Just come down and we will all believe you. The same question that he received on the mountain, in the, uh, the, uh, you know, on the temple and in the wilderness. The Bible says the same question kept coming back to him all through his ministry, all through his service. And even when Jesus was on the cross, the same question kept coming back. If you are the son of God, take things into your own hands. Call down the angels from heaven. Do something spectacular. Use that ability. Use that power. Show us, you know, what you can really do. Give us a sign so that we can all believe you. That question kept coming back to Jesus again and again and again and again. So the thing is this. The enemy knows that if I can't break you the first time, I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over again till I get a certain desired result. Now that is where you have to become smart and you have to say, wait a minute, this is happening too many number of times. This is hurting my walk with God. This is hurting my relationships. This is, this is not a, a behavior. This is not something that I can tolerate anymore. This is not something that I can give into anymore. This is not something that I can, I can, uh, I can let go of anymore easily. So I have to now sit and, and study this Delilah. Instead of trusting this Delilah, instead of going to sleep on this Delilah, I have to now study this Delilah to see, wait a minute, the ones that I am really so, you know, trusting in and, and being so unaware of, are they the source of this attack? Yeah, when the attack comes, it doesn't look like Delilah is against me. It looks like Delilah is on my side trying to fight, trying to, you know, wake me up, trying to cheer me, trying to pray for me. Delilah is texting me saying, oh, you know what, bro, I'm praying for you. I'm going to fast today and pray for you. It looks like Delilah is on my side. But Delilah may not be on my side. You know, Delilah may be the reason why the enemy has an open door to hurt me, to attack me. So that's where you have to become intelligent and you have to say, no, no, no. If the same thing is happening as a pattern again and again and again, I have to stop responding out of my routine. I have to ask certain questions. I need to ask, where is the source of this attack? Where is the source of this, um, this, this particular trauma that is happening in a repeated fashion? Is it because I have not learned my lesson from the last two times? Is it because I have not strengthened myself in this one area that the enemy is still thinking that he can get away with hurting me in this exact same area? Like, you know, 
if 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 you've been hurt in one part of your body you know that in a wrestling match if you're hurt in one part of your body the opponent notices it and the opponent will keep hitting you on that one part which is already hurt he'll not hit the stronger parts you know he is going to keep hitting that one hand which is dislocated till you finally give up the enemy knows that you know once you give up you will sabotage you will self sabotage how many of you know the enemy cannot take us down come on talk to me tonight it's okay for you to talk to me you know that the enemy is not powerful than us more powerful than us he is not um stronger than us greater is he who is come on say it after me greater is he who is in me than he that is in the loudly one more time greater is he than he uh, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world so technically i am more powerful i am more capable i am more anointed so there is no way he can overpower me but what i can do is i can self sabotage so if he can convince me to hurt myself if he can convince me to go back to delilah one more time if he can convince me to go back to rest in a place where i should be the most alert in if he can convince me to take certain things for granted another time then he knows i can self sabotage myself it is not the philistines who captured samson it is samson who gave himself up by keeping on going there again and again and again so if you are experiencing repeated attacks recurring attacks the cycle of uh, the same type of trauma being repeated what happened with you as a child what happened as a teenager what happened as a young guy what is happening to you as a married person you know you, you see there is a pattern that is repeating then it's a sign one that you have not strengthened that one area where you're weak it is a sign that you have not become stronger that you're still stuck in the same level if my temptations today is the same as my temptations 10 years back that's a big red flag it can't be the same temptation i'm not saying the temptations will not be there but that will not be the biggest temptations shouldn't be because my i will still have temptations but it'll be temptations according to my standard i can't be tempted with the same thing that i was tempted you know 20 years back can you imagine somebody trying to tempt me with a candy and in hoping to sway me to do something really nasty by showing me a candy i could have fallen for it when i was less than 10 year old but if you think that i'll still fall for it today then it's not the tempter who is at fault it is me who is at fault so if i am saying oh my god she showed me a candy it is not her fault you didn't grow up you know it's not that the enemy is attacking you the same area again and again it's because you're not strengthening yourself you're not becoming stronger you're not developing your muscles you're you're not going to gym if you know this is this hand is weak go and work it out go and strengthen it go and add reinforcements in that area make sure to read specific scriptures books 
teachings, whatever you need to listen to, to strengthen yourself in that one area, to make sure you're, you're wise in understanding, in be, being able to handle this. And then, if there are other elements, like there is the presence of a Delilah, you know, before you look outward, you have to look inward and see, are you doing everything on your part? Then you look at, you know, outward elements like, Am I giving access to somebody uh, to have influence in my life? Am I giving them too much of weightage? Am I allowing them to speak into my life? Am I allowing them to sway my decisions? Am I allowing them to uh, make certain, you know, uh, do certain things and make certain contributions in how I run my life? Then you need to check all those aspects to see where is this repetitive attacks coming from um, having said that Jesus didn't do anything wrong was Jesus strong was Jesus growing in favor with man and growing in great stature before God was Jesus uh, not aware of the schemes of the enemy yes but did the same thing happen to Jesus the same attacks keep coming back to Jesus did the same recurrent things keep coming back to Jesus? Absolutely. But that's, that's where he stood out. He didn't fail. He didn't fall down. He didn't give in to these attacks. He didn't give in to the temptation to prove to the enemy that he is the son of God. So I'm not saying that it is always about your inability to strengthen your weaknesses. You know? Uh, nor is it always about you not being able to understand where the enemy is fighting you from. Sometimes it, it is actually because that is the one area where God is going to manifest through you a revelation that is going to touch the entire world. So the enemy is going to try and attack that one area the most. You know, like for Jesus, it was the fact that he was the son of God. He was, he truly was the son of God. You know, that was the hidden mystery that Jesus didn't want revealed before time. And yet the enemy was going after that hidden mystery, that revelation to get Jesus to prove himself, to, to let the secret out. And sometimes there are things that God has a plan for your life and the enemy is now going to go at it again and again and again. For example, if the Lord wants to use you in the ministry of marriage. Okay. And be prepared for some severe attacks on your marriage. Don't you ever think that. Oh wait it's because I have. I am not strengthening my marriage. Or it's because I am not. I am not. Um, you know. I am not aware of an external influence in my marriage. It's because the Lord has called you. To revolutionize how the church looks at marriage. And it is obvious that your marriage is going to be attacked again and again and again. Your relationship is going to be attacked. You're, there's going to be all sorts of venomous things that is going to try and sabotage your marriage. And that's not necessarily because um, you're not working on yourself or you're not strengthening yourself or, or because you're not careful of external attacks in your life. So it's possible it is absolutely possible that even if you're doing everything right, that you can face recurring 
and repetitive attacks in the same area. That's when you also know, wait, this is, this is one area that the enemy is so mad about. Those of you, have any of you faced your attacks in your finances? For, for this, you can show your, show your hands because I'm about to bless you. I'm about to give you a revelation about this. Okay? You've had repetitive attacks on your finances. That's because the enemy knows how a headache your finances are going to be for, for him. Like your finances are going to be such a big, big cause of worry for the enemy. And he knows I need to go back and forth in attacking this person's finances. So don't you ever think it's just my fault or it is something I'm not. Again, we, we can't say, oh, wait, wait, the, the enemy wants to, you know, just stop me from giving to the Lord. And that is why. And, and you are not being careful about your expenses. You're not being careful about your credit card. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you've taken care of the first two areas where you've said, okay, am I not growing in this area? Am I not strengthening myself? Second, am I allowing access to somebody with a particular spirit to en enter into my life? Give access to this spirit of invasion into my life. No? Okay. Then the third thing could be that God really wants to use this particular revelation in my life, this particular area of my life to be a blessing to the body of Christ. So I'm going to have to protect this like Joseph and Mary protected the baby. In certain seasons, they went hiding with the baby. In certain seasons, they, you know, left the country with the baby, you know, to, uh, to, to, to protect. They, they relocated several times from their original staying place. They moved to Bethlehem. From Bethlehem, they moved to Egypt. From Egypt, they came back to Judea. And then they went to Nazareth. They kept moving locations after locations because of the threat to this particular baby. Because they knew this baby is supposed to change the world. So you have to become extremely careful and, and protective of your revelation. The gift that God has given you. And you're saying, I, I need to be able to protect this. I'm going to do everything to protect my marriage. I'm going to do everything to protect my money, my finances. Because... Because I know how this is going to be a blessing to the body of Christ. I know how much this is going to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. So, so that's a revelation that you need to know and understand so that it becomes easy for you to, uh, to, to, to deal with the recurring attacks. Does it make sense? Any of you have any follow-up question on that one? Yes, Pastor Kachi. Just within a second, it got over, or perhaps you lost that encounter, mm. and it happened again and again, mm. because you feel distracted, noises, people are moving around. How do we sustain that realm? Mm. 
for we not to move, miss that moment. Mm. Okay, let me say, I'm having an encounter of the throne. Okay. And suddenly, because of noise, mm. or someone says something, I missed that moment. Everything got shut. Is it because I was paying attention to what, towards the noise? Mm. Or the realm just, that is how God wants it to happen. This is something that is happening to me again and okay. again. So I, I needed a clearance to know, is it I'm paying attention to the noise? Mm. Or is it that is just how God wants me to have that visitation? Okay, let's talk about Peter, James, and John. You can sit. They were praying. Uh, they were supposed to be praying in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And again and again and again. You see the same pattern? Again and again and again. Jesus came to them and said, Guys, wake up and pray. Watch and pray with me for one hour. And... And they said, yes, yes. I'm sure they said yes, because Jesus came back to check on them if they are keeping the promise that they gave to Jesus, right? If, Jesus, if they would have said no, Jesus would not have come back to check on them, right? They said yes. So now Jesus is coming back to check on them a second time to see what is happening. Are you still praying? Are you engaged with me? Are you connected in prayer? Are you fighting with me? Are you watching out in prayer uh, second time the same thing happens he finds that their physical exhaustion has taken over their eyelids have become very heavy you know like for for you the distraction may be physical things that has happened in front of you for them the f distraction was their their inability to control their flesh the flesh was extremely weak at that point. And Jesus comes back the second time. This time he comes and tells them, you know what? I know that you're tired. It is your flesh that is weak, but your spirit is active. Your spirit is ready. Your spirit is willing. So Jesus actually gave a key for them to overcome these recurring patterns of falling asleep. Jesus just said, it is because you're relying on your flesh to overcome this distraction. If you switch gears to, from flesh to spirit, see a spirit man can be sitting in a very crowded environment and still be hearing from God. Because it's not about the physical information going into your ears. It's about a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection that you have. A spirit man can be in a room that is full of tax collectors and, and prostitutes and still be in that unbroken fellowship with his father. Why? Because you, you, you're not relying on your flesh for your walk with God. See, a lot of Christians, they're not, um, what do you say, they're not carnal in nature in the sense that they're not uh, necessarily pursuing sin, but they're pursuing God in the same way that they pursue sin. 
you know how 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 did how do you pursue sin you pursue sin with your natural craving the the craving of your flesh you you pursue sin your flesh enjoys when you pursue sin now you're expecting your flesh to enjoy when you pursue god do you understand do you see that that is the same thing you just you just changing the end goal of your pursuit from sin to jesus and now you're hoping that your it's the same flesh which enjoyed eating this particular chips is now going to enjoy speaking in tongues whereas it was not something that was supposed to be limited to your flesh this is not supposed to be even pursued in your flesh that is why jesus came and said guys your flesh is weak but this is an activity you can pursue in the spirit in the spirit as soon as you switch gears and you move into the spirit realm see jesus was giving them a key a very supernatural key don't you ever think jesus was giving them an excuse because that's what we do right why didn't you pray pastor the flesh was weak my spirit is willing but my schedule was so crazy my heart is all there in church pastor but my my work no pastor is so hectic what are we saying we are actually using what jesus said as an excuse whereas it's the other way it's supposed to be used the other way but you're saying yeah yeah my work is very hectic but my heart is here so i'm going to i'm going to not follow my work i'm going to follow my heart i'm going to follow my spirit i'm i'm not a i'm not a product of my environment or my uh, my flesh i'm not a product of my capacity my physical capacity i'm a product of my spiritual man that i am that is who i really am that is my identity that is what i will produce that is what i will do that is what i will bring forth so as soon as we switch gears please understand this man of god i'm not saying that you're doing something in the flesh i'm saying all of us we make this mistake of praying in the flesh and again is praying in the flesh bad absolutely no praying in the flesh is also a good uh, discipline you know where you pray and you you pray you exercise in the flesh you you speak use your words use uh, you know all the physical means necessary you know when you use your intelligence for example that is you praying in the flesh when you use a written prayer request that's you praying in the flesh you know and and these are things that from your memory you're you're you know intentionally uh, logically just fighting certain battles that is you praying in the flesh and that's not wrong that's not bad because apostle paul said i sing in the spirit but i also sing in the with my mind with my understanding i i pray in the spirit but i also pray with understanding so it's not bad for us to pray in or with understanding yet what is bad is if my prayer is limited to my physical capacity to my understanding if my prayer is limited to things that i see and don't see so this is what i do intentionally in my prayer time i have kept one third of my prayer time let's say that i want to pray for 45 minutes then out of the 45 minutes 15 minutes 
is not meant to be prayed for anything i want to pray for that 15 minutes is not meant to be something that i want to pursue you know the first 30 minutes i would have written down scriptures i would have had certain uh, revelations when i'm reading the word i will stand in there i'll declare that i will i receive that sometimes it can be a word that that preached and I'm, i'm intentionally going after these things for 30 minutes right the next 15 minutes i'm going to intentionally disconnect from myself from my knowledge from my understanding from who i am and say lord now you take me you take me wherever you want to take me you make me pray for whoever you want me to pray for you 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 show me who i should pray for right now and at that time certain revelations come which i write down next time i pray for that i'm praying in the flesh but that time when that first time that revelation came saying ah oh, you need to pray for pastor kachi and rosa that time it was me praying in the spirit so i think that the more we translate the more we transition from the flesh to the spirit the easier it will be for us to overcome distractions it'll be easier for us to overcome doubts easier for us to disconnect from temptations jesus said watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation so the 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 longer the the ease the the more frequently that you switch from your flesh to your spirit the more frequently you will um you will be able to pray in the spirit and praying in the spirit friends let me explain this to you for those of you who don't know is not just speaking in tongues speaking tongues can result in you praying in the spirit it can activate your prayer in the spirit it can provoke you to pray in the spirit but speaking in tongues just because you spoke in tongues for 30 minutes doesn't mean you prayed in the spirit for 30 minutes that's not equal this is like a ignition point you know how you just because you ignited just because you kick started your scooter doesn't mean you went from point a to z you started your scooter and you still you know uh, you're you've not put it into gear you've not taken it off of the stand you've not gone anywhere you have no gps no no direction that you've received yet to go to the next location so don't you think that just because you're making a lot of noise you've prayed in the spirit no no that is not what it is praying in the spirit means you actively let go off of your reliance on the flesh it's a dying process where you're like i don't need to understand this lord i don't need to but in the midst of all of this i'm just going to disconnect from me and i'm going to connect to your heart and like the psalmist says your waves and your billows it washes over me it's it's like you know when you're in the sea and a wave comes and just takes control of you just throws you from one point to the other it's like a wave that comes and zoop it just no matter how strong you are no matter how intellectual how rational how logical you are that wave will come from the spirit of god from the depths of god to your depths and it'll just boom just take you into another realm that is what it means to be praying in the spirit that is what it means to be engaged in the spirit that is what it means to 
sing in the spirit. And the more we do that, the easier it becomes for us to, uh, to stay disconnected from the limitations of our flesh. For uh, the disciples, it was their sleep. For many of us today, it is our Instagram reels. For some people, it is their children making noise in their house. For some people, it is, you know, your work calls that is constantly coming. Whatever it is. And I'm, I mean, you, you, how, like parents, let me ask you this. How can you stop your children from making noise in your house? If they don't make noise in your house, where will they make noise? They can't go to school and make noise. They better not come to church and make noise. Your, your house is the place for them to make noise. That is, that is their home. That is their... I hope my kids are not listening to this. Uh, but <laughs> they're there. <laughs> I'm thankful. Your house is the place where they will let themselves go. I, and you can't say, I'm going to leave my house and go stay on a mountain top. Again, that doesn't serve the purpose. You have to say, okay, my flesh is weak, but my spirit is capable. My spirit is able. I'm not going to do this based on my flesh capacity, flesh ability. I'm going to tap into the ability that I have in my spirit. And the more you discover the capacity of your spirit, oh my God, you are going to be surprised. You are going to be blown away. Your spirit is more powerful, more capable than a rocket that goes to the space. <laughs> You know, how much power is required to send a rocket to this space? How many billions of dollars is required to send one small toy to space? Your spirit is more capable than that, is more powerful than that. So don't you ever underestimate what you're able to do in your spirit, when you depend on your spirit. So that is, that is my instruction when it comes to your inability to break patterns in your encounters with God. Switch gears, switch gears, switch gears. John needed to come up here to be able to encounter a second level revelation. Like I told you on Sunday, he is already in a place of encounter. He is already in Patmos, right? He was already in the spirit on the Lord's day. And still God said, come up here. Let me show you further. Let me show you more. So the, the more you hunger for this, the desire for this, the more um, you can go deeper and you can go into that place where you're not distracted, where you're not hurt, when you're not bothered, where the physical exhaustion of your flesh doesn't stop your spiritual submission to the spirit, your emotional brokenness or failures or hurts or you know all the emotional weight that you're carrying in your soul doesn't become a hindering force to walking with God your your spirit is still the most powerful the dominating force in your body so a lot of keys you will find when you read Romans chapter 8 okay if you if you want to master this art you have to read Romans 8 over and over and over again. The first, the end, I think till verse 28, it's just talking about, you know, living by the spirit and living by your mind and living by your flesh. 
three, three different realms, right? Uh, living because by your carnal nature, living by your mind, the, how you follow your mind and your understanding, your knowledge, and how you follow the spirit. Read Romans 8 and study it day in and day out and you will um, find a lot of keys there as to what it means to live in the spirit, as to what it means to pray in the spirit. Thank you. Does uh, it make sense? Yes, sir. I have one more question. If you don't mind. Uh, how do we sustain REM? How do we sustain a REM? REM. So, in the scripture, you see when uh, the angel of the Lord uh, met uh, the Roman soldier, hmm. it said, your gift had been recognized before hmm. the Lord. He hmm. gave the message hmm. and he went away. Hmm. The same thing happened to Peter. Hmm. Now, for me, I desire not just receive that message, mm -hmm. I desire to extend that encounter, a mm. place I could ask a question, mm. you know, have more fellowship yeah. with that visitation. Okay. Not just to receive the message, mm -hmm. then that is end of it. Okay. I think... Uh the Lord will not give us that. Peter, James, and John, they said, let's sustain this encounter we are having. Let's stay on this mountain. Let's build three tents here and keep Elijah in one. Jesus, Jesus is looking cool now. Jesus is in that realm, right? You know, Jesus on the valley, he's not as glorious as when we are in this realm. But in this realm, it's so amazing. You know, when we feel the goosebumps in church and you're like, oh my God, what thick presence of God. What is all of our thought at that time? Can we do this? 24-7. Will pastor remove the food ban here? You know, and I'll, I, don't mind, I don't mind just swigging food and sitting here in this realm and sitting here. And that's not wrong. That's a good desire because Peter, when he encountered that, that's exactly what he said. In the Old Testament, when Moses encountered that, that's exactly what he said. If you don't come with us, we don't want to leave this place. Let us be here. We, we better die here in the wilderness with your face in front of us than us, for us to leave this and go and take over Canaan. But God's heart was that they will take over Canaan. God's heart for Peter, James, and John was to get down the mountain and go and preach to everybody that Jesus is Lord. God's heart for us today is not for us to stay in a particular realm so long that we would not need to have faith anymore. You know that the day that God begins to manifest to you in such a way, such a manner that you don't need faith, God has failed you. Because after that, you will, you will not need to believe God for anything. If you don't have faith, how are you going to please God? So God is never going to give you 100%. God is just going to give you enough for you to want to desire for more. So no prophecy is in full. Every prophecy is in part. Every revelation is in part. 
Yes, there will come a day when we will know in full and we will prophesy. In that, that day is coming, but right now is not for us to enjoy that in full. Because the remaining is faith. Because if we remove the element of faith, then there is no need to depend on the Lord. Uh, then, then, can you imagine the angel came to Cornelius with a message and says, now onwards, I'm your personal angel. Any questions you have, I'll be giving it to you. Anytime you need. This Cornelius, he would have never sent for Peter. He would have never learned the value of submission to a, a human Peter. Because now an angel is directly speaking to him. Why does he need to submit to a Peter? Why does he need to be connected to the body of Christ? Because an angel has become their pastor. So God would never allow that. You know, God doesn't want us to be so dependent on a realm that we don't need to have faith. So, but again, I understand your question. I understand your question is not about how can I just stay in this realm. The question is also about, is it possible that I, because of my failure to acknowledge what is happening in this realm, can I miss this? Can I lose this encounter? Can I, can I lose what God wants to give me more? Can I multiply these encounters? You know, can I multiply the visitations? That is, that is what you're asking. And I understand that. And I think that it's, that's a good pursuit. You have to uh, be honorable when, when you get an encounter, when you get a um, visitation. See, there are certain people in the Bible, when they got a visitation, like Samson's mother, Manoah's wife, she said, why don't you wait here? I'll go bring my husband. You know, let's, let's, she, she figured out a way to expand the timeline of that encounter. You know, Gideon, when he had an encounter, he said, okay, um, if you really want me to do this, why don't you make the whole field wet with this piece of cloth? It should be, you know, right. He began to engage. Abraham, when he had an encounter, he said, guys, uh, I want to cook a nice meal for you, you know. Uh, and he cooked out a meal and then he said, okay, let me walk with you. He didn't leave them after the meal. He said, wherever you go, let me just walk with you. And in that conversation, in that journey of walking, he began to bargain with these angels for the lives of people in Sodom and Gomorrah. So there were things that he did to engage with this encounter. So if you're just very passive in an encounter, it'll come and go. But if you're very receptive, for example, Peter, three times an encounter came for him. But he was very passive. He didn't ask questions. He didn't engage with it. So he didn't get the complete meaning of the encounter. You know, when he reached the house of Cornelius is when he understood, oh, wait, God was trying to say something to me, which I didn't further engage with. If he would have engaged, if he would have asked questions saying, God, give me a perspective. Who should what? You know, he would have gotten more revelation. And I think that is, that is where... We have to be a little more careful on engaging with the encounter. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying that we should we should worship anybody or we should we should uh, uh, we should now start praying to angels or anything like that. But we can have conversations with angels. We can engage with them and expect answers from them.
We can expect answers. We can expect uh, solutions from them. And yet, if you're hoping to sustain it for a lifetime, that you don't need faith anymore, that you don't need anything else or anybody else anymore, that you don't feel weak anymore, that may be hard. Because Apostle Paul, he, he prayed that a thorn in his flesh will be taken away. And God didn't answer. You know, so it, it can't be that, that any of us would reach that place. I've, I've worked with many, many great men of God. And I've noticed their lives uh, very personally. I was, uh, uh, my father was telling me about this uh, prophet, very amazing prophet, um, very well known, you know, in different parts of the world. And how he, he would, you know, the Lord has been using him so powerfully. And yet, when he needs an encounter with God, when he needs a word from the Lord, for himself, he's, he's still dependent on another man of God. Can you imagine a prophet who is hearing God so accurately thinking, like, why would he want to depend on another man of God for what he needs to do next? Yes, he does. Because as much as God has given him so much for other people, he needs to learn to submit to someone else so that he can receive, so that he can... He can uh, you know, still grow in that level of humility. He can still grow in that level of dependence on the Lord that is not from this realm, that is from a physical realm, from a person who doesn't look like you, who doesn't have the same color like you, who doesn't dress like you, who doesn't speak the same language as you. And he comes and says, no, bro, you're wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. Don't take up this. And then that is the true test of your humility and your obedience and your submission. Because if an angel came and said, you would obey. But if a man who, who is not as, you know, so-called anointed as you, you know, or not as popular as you, tells you the same, will you obey now? Will you still submit now? That is the test of a man of God. That is the test if you are willing to, if you are really walking by faith or if you are dependent on a particular realm only. Thank you, my father. Uh, last question. Thank you. <laughs> uh, how, um, trying to choose the right word, If I tap into a realm through worship today goes on for months, then next I walk into the same realm with scripture, but I don't want to depend on this true aspect because you spoke of switching gear. Is it possible 
I can just walk into that realm without these two aspects because for we to go into the heart of God is through the word. And I know worship also opens the realm through the Holy Spirit. Mm. So is it any possible means you can just walk into that realm without these two? See, I think that worship and word is only the vehicle. It is not the the real thing. So just because you read the word, you will not enter. Just because you sang a song, you will not enter. There was something that you were singing about when you entered that realm. Or there was something that you were reading about when you entered that realm. There was some principle that got activated. Like, if you think that just putting an offering will open some realms, then why is it that it's not happening to everybody? Why is it that Everybody who is worshipping is not entering the realm. Or everybody who is reading the word. It is a certain key that got unlocked at a certain point for you to tap into a particular realm. So that key can be applied in any way. Without the key, you can't. If you, the day that you become so familiar with a realm that you don't exercise a particular key, that realm can now get misused. Can, can, you will start to devalue that realm. And you can end up, to the extent that you can end up um, becoming proud and arrogant about that realm. For example, you know that Satan still walks into the presence of God? Does he have access to that realm? Does he use certain keys to walk in there? Absolutely. But... Do you think he enters into the courts of God with thanksgiving and praise and dance? But isn't that the key for us to walk into that realm? You understand what I'm saying? So, if you think that just because I have access, let me not use this key. The day, that, that is the day you become familiar. That is the day you're saying, ah, I've taken this for granted. Like, like it's like if you've been walking into my office every time, knocking at the door, but then you become so familiar with me that now you're like, I know it's a glass door. I know what he's doing. It's not disturbed. You just walk in without knocking. Then you, you've, you, do I mind you walking in? No. Does Satan still walk into the presence of God? Absolutely. But that is, will God Banish Satan because he did that? No. But that is Satan misusing the access that he has received. So the day that you stop using those keys, like you saying, oh wait, now I, I, I don't have to put an offering every time I receive a revelation, you know, uh, because I've, I, I know so much now, you know. But now you're saying, okay, I, this, this belongs to me. This is a this is a this is a church. This is my church. You know, I everything here belongs to me. They are obligated to teach me. I don't have to pay a price for this anymore. I have already been a tithing member. I've done enough. I've done that. You know what you're doing? You're taking certain things for granted, and you're not exercising. You're not using the same principles. You're not valuing, and it's very, very fast, very quickly you will now begin to misuse the access that you're getting to hurt 
and to work and it will begin to work against you so i think it's a very dangerous thing for you to desire a particular realm without the principles that open that realm for you so again i'm not saying you should worship or you should read the word you should study to understand what what triggered this particular open door what triggered it what triggered you know what was the one thing that you were praying for or what was the one thing that you were hungry for that you had been pursuing that you had been building altars for that now all of a sudden now that you are in this realm now you understand you trace back and you see okay this is what god is doing in my life this is how he is working in my life this is the word you know i i saw the manifestation of a word that dad gave me over three months back and i'm seeing whoa it's necessary that i go back and and acknowledge that and i i go back and build an altar thank the lord for that and it was a word that was given three months back dad wouldn't remember it you know but i need to be able to track back to it and say you know what this is where it began i want to honor this i want to i want to still be um mindful of the fact that this came from this source and every time we we honor the we give value where value is due we we are telling the lord i am not going to take this uh, realm for granted i am not going to take this realm this access for granted i'm not going to uh, misuse what you open up for me there in the last 20 minutes i think we can take one last question sir can you give her a mic check okay yeah um apostle you said in the previous question when you were answering you said that many times we are praying with our physical uh you know uh flesh and not praying in our spirit uh could you elaborate that a little more in terms of our spiritual senses like you know with our sight with our hearing uh how do we discern you know what we are hearing in our physical realm and you know what we are with our spiritual senses how do we discern that and how do we strengthen that more that's that's a good question um again it's not something that will come overnight because of a teaching it will come because of practice it is that something that will come because you have been doing it again and again and again and you keep uh, um rehearsing hearing in the spirit walking in the spirit speaking in the spirit and again every time you activate your spirit to do something you will know inside deep within you will just you will just know this didn't come from me this came from within you know how jesus he said somebody touched me why it was not somebody touched him somebody touched his spirit it was not about it was not about somebody touching his robe it's about somebody touching him because he said i could feel power flow leave from me i could feel so it is very possible that we can become so sensitive to our spirit that when we say certain things like i was talking like randomly so many things right but at so many points i could sense power leave from me so many points during the day 
But I know oh, that, that, didn't, that one thing that I said didn't come from my learning and understanding. Although that is not bad, it came from my spirit. And I could see that power was released. There was an anointing that was released. Or somebody must have grasped that one statement. And something got pulled out of my spirit at that one statement. So that can keep happening. And, and the more you become sensitive to that happening, the more um, you will know how to trigger it on your own. You know, uh, it, it's like uh, some of us, we ride a bike by fluke the first time. You know, you just sit, you just put the accelerator and you just went straight. But you ask the person to do it again, you're like, uh, let, me, let me try it again, you know? And then he's not confident. Some of us, we've done certain great spiritual warfare and battles by fluke. The thing is, we've not become so sensitive. The thing is, we'll, we'll, we become so confident about ourselves saying, oh, I got this prophecy right. I said this and that is how it was. That is exactly what it was. And I got this one detail right. And then we get stuck with that. Without going back to study, what triggered it? How did, what was the state of my spirit? How did I know? What, what did I sense? What part of me? You know, for me, I realized once, very early in my ministry, that every time I sense witchcraft, my ears will, begin, will go deaf like one of my ears, then there'll be like this heavy ringing sound in my ears. I sensed it once. I studied it two or three times. And now that is the way God speaks to me. Every time I like, I'll be in the middle of something and my ear becomes deaf and ringing. I immediately check, what did I just do? What did like, I'll be like, what were we speaking about in the house? You know? And then Rashmi would say, oh, we were speaking about this. And like, there is a witchcraft associated with this. We should be careful. And immediately we are able to decipher. Because now I don't even have to be speaking in tongues to understand that there is a witchcraft. Because the first two, three times I caught that ringing in my ear, physically, I'm not talking about, you know, my spiritual ears being attentive. My physical ears, I caught that ringing. Now it is very easy for me to sense when that witchcraft is happening again so when that when when that ringing comes it is for me to say okay time to switch gears time to pray time to you know catch this time to engage with this spirit uh, but let's say that i i i become callous or i become careless where i don't respond to this ringing anymore then it'll just be a matter of time before that leaves. Uh, or I wouldn't even know the next time it happens. But now it's so, I'm, I'm so sensitive to this one thing. I'm, I'm sure there is a million other ways that God wants to speak to me. But this one thing, I'm so super sensitive that I, I'll drop everything when I have that ringing sensation in my ear. So, so, it, so it's, it's up to you to be careful to understand how did your body react. How did your mind react? How did your environment react? Another thing that happens in my house every time there is a witchcraft is that glass breaks. 
glass breaks in my house only when there is an attack coming not necessarily a witchcraft an attack coming or you know we are in the middle of an attack glass will begin to break left right and center another sign for us is easy will start getting hurt you know easy is like that one person that the enemy is like targeted and and when he starts getting hurt we know this is this is not just him playing this is this is an attack that's coming against our house and 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 that for, for us because we have studied the pattern we have studied it's it's so 10 years that we are saying this that these are few patterns that we have studied and we know that this is how god is trying to communicate something we have to be very mindful we have to be very careful um this is how god is trying to redirect us to something else um so the more more attention you give to something the more it will uh, amplify in your ears like we have judah here from from malaysia he is he's going to help us with the sound this weekend is an excellent uh, how long have you been uh, could you please stand and just uh, so our people can you see you judah uh, how long have you been doing sound how many years 25 years he's been studying listening paying attention to sound so it didn't take him like one and a half hour of you know like working with my sound to fix my audio he just came in he spent like 5 10 minutes and he's like this is what is wrong i'll pull this down this is what is less let me pull this up immediately he was why because he's so familiar with sounds and these are sounds we are listening to every day but we are not able to catch the right frequencies because we are not paying attention to them we are like they're saying ah this doesn't sound good that's all but we are not paying attention to what about this doesn't sound good why is it not sounding good let me let me pay attention let me make certain changes to see what what works what doesn't work and when we do that with our spiritual senses i'll tell you what i did in my this is my early years of uh, growing with the lord and i was just trying to understand what it means to walk in the spirit and uh, prophetically minister to people and stuff i would pray and i would hear from the lord something and i would just radically obey that i remember once i was in a bus and the holy spirit told me to get off the bus and i just got off the bus even though my destination was connected to that bus i would have missed what i was supposed to go to just got off the bus and i kept like randomly started obeying the lord like this okay i'll just like be in the middle of something and i'll ask the lord lord what next god will give me a direction and i just sometimes i will see some crazy outcome of obeying sometimes i didn't see much but i just started just intentionally obeying like this to the point where now the next time that voice came even when i was not paying attention when the voice came i could recognize that this is god speaking to me see when i am paying attention right when i am when i call a person and i'm i've dialed vinay's number and i call him i'm expecting to hear his voice right but let's say that i make a practice of calling him once every day for the next 30 days eventually even if i don't call him 
Even if I don't dial his number, but I hear his voice, I will recognize this is Vinay. You know, this is Vinay trying to say something. You know, where is his voice coming from? You know, it may be on an intercom in the church. And I'll know, wait, wait, this is Vinay's voice, you know. He doesn't have to say this is Vinay. As soon as I hear his voice, I'll know it is Vinay. You know, it's him because I've been hearing his voice for 30 constant days. So, so sometimes you have to make certain just very radical steps of obedience to be able to understand and discern the frequency of God's voice. For Samuel, it was uh, him uh, saying, here I am, Lord, speak to me. This is me. I want to understand what next. If this is really you, speak to me. If this is really you, you know, tell me what next. How to do this. And then you be faithful to the revelation that comes to you. And then you see, is this bearing fruit in the long run? Um, because when God speaks, it doesn't fall to the ground. When God reveals something, it doesn't fall to the ground. It, it will bear the result. It will bear fruit. It will bring forth the result that it was intended to bring. So that is, that is for sure. There is no doubt about that. Yes, Daniel. Thank you, Apostle. So, Apostle, you just mentioned that uh, we can reach to, like, we can become sensitive in the spirit to a point where uh, we st start and uh, understanding from the word. And even we can, um, like, we can make certain practices to uh, understand that this is the voice of God. So I just wanted to know, is it possible that in the same way that uh, we can get sensitive to a word or uh, a certain revelation that it can take us to a certain realm again and again? Uh, for example, like, uh, this Sunday when you were teaching us about the seraphim, this has, uh, like prior to this also, whenever we are listening to the word of seraphims, I have had a certain visitation or I start understanding and seeing certain visions. So is it possible that we can become that sensitive where even when we are listening or reading about a certain uh, word, like uh, anything it can be in terms of spiritual understanding, spiritual sonship or uh, seraphims, can we visit that realm again and again with that? Absolutely. So that's the, that's the grace that a word or a teaching carries. It doesn't just give you understanding. It gives you the, the pathway to that particular realm. Absolutely. You can do that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, he, 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 he came not just to reveal himself. He came to reveal the way to the Father. He was the way. But when we study the word, the word is not the end. When we receive a word, you know, if you think that, oh my God, I am so successful now that I've heard two hours of sermon, that is not the end. The word is the way to a, a deeper place, a deeper revelation, a deeper encounter. Uh, so if that information, like I began saying, if the information is not breeding submission, 
if the information is not breeding uh, a change of character, if the information is not breeding uh, encounters, if the information is not breeding uh, a lifestyle, then that information is pointless. It's actually counterproductive. The Pharisees and the Sadducees hurt and opposed Jesus the most. And yet they were the ones with the most information, the most accurate information. It was in their scripture that the Bible says, out of Nazareth I have called my son, out of Egypt I have called my son. And all the details about, about Jesus, they knew it and they knew it very well. It is, it is not possible that, that, uh, that you can be surrounded by so much information and you don't change. Your lifestyle doesn't change. Your end goal doesn't change. It is supposed to change. It is supposed to bring you into that place of encounter. And if it is not bringing you into that place of encounter, then we have to ask ourselves, what am I doing wrong? Have I taken this uh, word for granted? Have I taken this man of God for granted? Have I taken uh, my Bible reading time for granted? Have I taken my... Uh, commitment to this particular thing for granted. Um, because uh, when that happens, you, you will know that, yeah, this is, uh, this is not bearing any fruit. This, you, this is not bearing any result. You know? For me, this did happen. Once, once, one season where I was attending so many services with dad that after a while, it was just about organizing everything correctly, you know. And I failed to be as sensitive to the presence of God as I used to be. Because I'm just wondering, okay, after this, you know, we need to plan for the pickup. And, the, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm so constantly engaged. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, everybody around me is crying, weeping, wailing. And what is happening to me? Why am I so disengaged with this? Then I suddenly realized, I think that I have, um, I have taken this for granted. I have, I have like, you know, become familiar with this. And so, that, so, so I had to switch back to a place of honor. Then I had to say, okay, what did I used to do back in the day? You know, when this did affect my spirit, what did I used to do when, when I would hear that? How would I respond? How would I um, activate it in my life by building altars? Um, what did I do back then that worked for me that it's, it doesn't seem to be activating or doing the same, having the same effect on me today? And I had to trace back and I had to bring back my heart and attitude and my lifestyle back there so that I can in that place of encounter again. So it is, it is definitely possible for us to have the same encounter. I think on the first mentorship session, we, we dealt with that. Somebody asked the same question and we dealt with that in detail. You can go back and listen to it. Um, but, but I do believe that uh, we have to practice this as a principle that when we a journeying between the Monday and the Saturday, right? Sundays is the day when we gather together, we receive the word, we receive that encounter, we are in the fellowship, we are in the presence of God. It's very easy to do, you know, Jesus on a Sunday morning. But 
it's very necessary that we practice doing jesus on monday to saturday where there is no keyboard playing in the background where there is no you know nice lighting effect uh, that is giving you a very sacred feeling uh, where there is no you know good music um, that is helping you walk with god there is no fiery preaching in your background you you have to learn to um, connect back to the same thing in your spirit that triggered that river to flow that triggered that encounter to come when i speak to you today i am not giving you something that you already don't have everything that you need is already there in your spirit i am just pointing it back pointing you to those areas of your spirit how many of you believe that you are filled in the holy spirit you how many of you know that one thing to believe you know that you know and you know and you know without a shadow of doubt that you are filled in the holy spirit then there is no need for uh, according to scripture there is no need to add anything to him but what am i doing right now i am trying to point to those areas that you already have inside you i am trying to point you to that thing that saying hey this area is dormant you are not tapping into this you are not touching this you are not activating this so it's all 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 there deep within you so if you can make it a practice to keep searching it out keep pulling it out one at a time during the week monday to saturday and saying god this was open to me why am i not activating this this was shown to me why am i not pursuing this 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 was revealed to me how come i am not i am not engaging this when 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 we take it for granted when we take our walk with god for granted that is when our now relationship with god our church becomes only a sunday affair gets limited so we have to change that amen i hope that in the next year we can do more mentorship sessions uh, if not uh, once a week at least once a month we should not miss a single month um i i i like this setup this is good but i'd like a little more engagement i'd like a little more conversation back and forth um i'd love for you guys to bring some uh, challenging questions as well you know some tough questions like questions that you may get asked when you're out there evangelizing to non believer you know so like real questions um that we have probably not dealt with over here uh questions that has bothered you when you're ministering to somebody and uh, you didn't have answers as to how to help them in a particular area uh, so so that our see by your questions i'm also studying you right i'm also studying what is it that you're pursuing our pursuit has to be inside and outside eyes inside and out you remember that word we need to have eyes forward and back both so if your eyes if you're if you're only opening eyes in one direction and we are not getting a good perspective of the throne uh, the throne room perspective is full only when we have eyes inside and outward so i i hope that we can um we can have more questions about um serving people loving people building them up you know this was my this has been my struggle this has been my limitation 
this has been my challenge in my evangelism this has been my challenge in my discipleship my mentoring um and uh, so research those questions study yourself well and come prepared with those the next time and again in no way am i saying that your questions today was bad it was amazing did you enjoy the questions okay uh so uh, i i enjoyed them i enjoyed uh, engaging with all of you today but i'm i'm just telling you that we cannot be limited to this because because of what god revealed to us this last sunday we need to have eyes inside and outside so we we see the world as much as we see jesus we we see the people that are behind us as much as we see the jesus that we are pursuing amen